0: Becky, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Ah! Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and (gasps) feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised.
1: Good evening, my glittery bitches. Tis I, Kelly McLean. This is my show, Wildish, because... Apparently, So I'm told I'm a little untamed. So if you are wildish, you like to be inspired, entertained, you're not afraid of being called a bitch or you wish you could embrace being called a bitch, you're in the right place. So step right into the blanket fort of bitchdom, grab a drink, ditch your bra and your fox and get comfy because tonight is story time. Bitch story that is. Um, our resident our friend and resident Smarty Pants, Smarty Pants Lisa, is here, so we can dish about some wildish bitches in history. That's hard to say, wildish bitches in history.
0: I mean, herstory,
1: witchery. Yeah, I know, witch witchery. I was going, gonna go there. Anyway, hey, Lisa, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I found my sound effects. <laughs> we'll see how well I manage them. It's real hard for me to stay away from this one. <laughs> can you even hear that? I did. Okay. It was my favorite one, and I have no reason to use it. So, anyway, what's We're new? What's good? Chewbacca? Yeah.
0: Oh, you know, it's just, it's getting close to Halloween, so I'm in costume panic. <laughs> it's always this week where I'm just like, oh, I got to make a costume.
1: It's so cute that you still have, like, a give a shit about costumes. I just put on weird makeup and go, hey, I'm dressed.
0: Ridiculous about this day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like, I like makeup in general, and I like doing my creepy makeup. Uh, The goth in me digs it, digs it Halloween thing, but I'm not into the costume thing. I'm like, yeah, this is, I wear black every day, so I'm just going to put on weird makeup and (laughs) (laughs) ta-da. Here I am. Yep. Okay. Well, we normally do news. Um, I'm skipping the news to save time because we have a lot of content. We have a lot of content. Content is such a buzzword. I hate that word. Why did I say that word? Um, But I do want to very quickly um, just touch on one news story. Um, Most of you probably already heard this, but the body of Brian Laundrie, former boyfriend or whoever he was, to Gabby Petito was found um, and confirmed that it was him with dental records. um, If he did murder her, which I think he did, I'm pissed off that he won't be held accountable for it here on earth. And I'm also really sad for their families. It's just a very sad awful mess um makes me look back at some of my dating history and count my blessings that none of those psychos murdered me um for real but also i shall be using this story as a means of reinforcing my unwillingness to ever go camping and so (laughs) there's that that's
0: an interesting (laughs) line to draw but okay
1: yeah well Um, i mean it's it's been drawn for a long time i just occasionally (laughs) i i need a little backup sometimes so i'll be using this one
0: it's That story is kind of weird in that um, I understand you can't question somebody after they lawyer up, but wouldn't you at least be watching him?
1: I, it's the whole thing is so weird. So weird. Yeah.
0: I just like, well, I I, know you, I guess you don't have enough evidence to run him in, but it's like, shouldn't somebody still be, you know, parked outside his house and making sure he doesn't do what he did, which is wrong? Uh, well,
1: I feel like the police in Utah really fucked up. And, and I feel like the police in Florida, who knows, they were probably busy trying to catch somebody who was trying to fuck an alligator or something. There, Florida.
0: Catch somebody who wanted to wear a mask. That's illegal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, on with the show. Yes. Rest in peace, Gabby. Um, so yeah. bitch-tree lesson tonight is all about witches because Halloween is upon us. And um, Lisa and I, in researching for this, kind of went ape shit. But also there's just like so much. So this is going to be a two-part. So tonight which is lesson eight in our Bichstery books, our Bichstery lesson book, turn to chapter eight. um, And then next week, I guess, I haven't decided if I'm doing like an 8A and an 8B or just nine. Um, (laughs) I'll probably just do nine. But anyway, it's a two-parter. So next week we're going to focus on some other stuff in the same sort of realm. So um, tonight we decided we would um, first talk about the witch trials and the witch hunts that happened in England, which happened shortly before all the shit went down here in the States. So, Lise, what do you say we get in the time machine and um, where are we headed back to like the 16th century? Is that where we're going? Uh, 1487, I guess. The f- 15th. Oh, very. F- oh, that's not a good time to go. There's no yeah, way back machine, boys and girls. They don't have skincare. There's no Moroccan oil for my hair. If oh. you know
0: a witch, you probably did have skincare and that's probably why a lot of them got hung,
1: really. Probably. That's true, because they didn't hang. have wrinkles.
0: Hang. There's also
1: like no tampons back then and oh also no rights. So maybe we'll just pretend <laughs> to go back. I'll just
0: another them... reason to visit a witch. <laughs> I'll put You'd the time machine on pause.
1: <laughs> this is the pause sound for the time machine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
1: <laughs> anyway. So right. Yeah, so, so we're going way back. Small where did the century.
0: word witch come from it's an Windy. old english word coming from uh what we pronounce nowadays as wicca which is really pronounced witcha which meant sorcerer or like a conjurer or the female version as witcha w-i-c-c-e being uh, sorceress. Or... woman no like it <laughs> um but that's where that came from and that's where that fr- they first started using that word as a conjurer. As, um, But uh, really when the persecution of witches or the fear of witchcraft, I guess, started uh, in earnest was back in 1487, where a book called the Malleus Maleficarum was um, printed. Right. Uh, that's translated as uh, Hammer of the Witches. It was written by a Catholic clergyman named Heinrich Cromer, a couple German and, guys, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Well, they added an, a, a different guy later, but I'm not, bought, I'm not sold on him. But so I'm just going with Cromer. But there's okay. a different. Guy. All right. Um. So it was a book about demonology and about how to root out and punish witches. It was kind of very, you know, violent. And um, according to Cromer, sorcery is criminal, and it's akin to like heresy. Mm-hmm. And he thought that it was such a serious crime that torture was allowed to obtain confessions.
1: Yeah, they were big fans of torture.
0: Yes, confession, confessions are in quotes. Yeah. Um, yeah and they the only quotes. acceptable cure or possible cure for, you know, somebody who has gone into league with the devil and become a witch is the death penalty. Um, it cures a lot of things. this book, even though it sounds far-fetched and out there, it actually had what was called a papal bull, um, which is sort of like a royal edict except for it's um, issued by the Pope. Um, and it was printed, it was on the first page of the book and the Pope was talking about how witchcraft is a danger to society. It must be stamped out. It's da, da, da. Um, and over the next 300 years, this one book and this, um, train of thought, I guess, is sort of responsible for tens of thousands of deaths oh, yeah. over the next 300 years of 10,000, tens of thousands of people, but mostly women. Right. And so starting in Europe and then eventually in the newly settled U.S. and then in other places, too. But um, and we're talking about it tonight because in bitchery we talk about the history of women. And this is sort of one of the times when uh, women's power was most viciously stamped out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and
1: patriarchy was in full bloom during ex- these years.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so at this time in Germany, where that book was published, um, witches are actively hunted and, um, also in the small country to the North Denmark, um, same thing. So there, the witch hunt in Denmark is sort of poorly documented because of the time and stuff, but right. it roughly went on from 1609 to 1687. Um, there's, you know, dozens of witches hung and burned at the stake and things like that. Um, and actually, um, it, even, it wasn't even just the church. Like, they actually had a law in 1617 in Denmark called the Witchcraft Act. And it separated sorcery out into two categories. Um, those who used magic without associating with the devil, I'm assuming these would be midwives and herb- herbologists or whatever, right. those people were exiled. Um, those who did magic and cons- – or actually, those people who consorted with the devil, whether they did magic or not, um, were executed. And Danish law encouraged local magistrates and even vicars, people, you know, vicars and officials of the church to investigate their own citizens. Right. So many of these people that were burned at the stake or um, hanged were turned in by neighbors or forced confessions from, you know, former friends or whatever. So,
1: yeah. um, Testimony from, you know, neighbors and friends was highly encouraged. Why does my voice get all Stevie Nicks as soon as I get on the radio? And I mean it was fine all day, I swear. Uh, microphone. I guess <laughs> my microphone is turned on because I have to get so close to it. <laughs> so anyway.
0: All right. So in um, so that's going on in Denmark. So in 1590, uh, Queen Anne of Denmark is to marry King James the Sixth of
1: Scotland. Okay. So. Later
0: becomes the King James First.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's not the- magic or witchcraft or anything. It just has to do with.
1: World yeah. Life. Um, because I am part Scottish, I have done a whole bunch of digging into Scottish history. And, um, my aunt dated this, our family back to <clears throat> somewhere in the 1500s. And so I've done a lot of reading and it's so confusing because you have Queen Elizabeth, the X and then Queen Elizabeth, the X or the Y over here, but it's King James was the sixth James in Scotland, but he was the first James King in England. First so
0: same
1: same guy it was the son of mary queen of scots king james and this is the king james that that um what do we want to call this um curated the king james version of the bible and we're going to get to that in a little bit so it's like a whole bunch of things converged around this time that just really weren't good for women
0: He considered himself a scholar, so that's what he commissioned this translation or whatever. But anyway, in January of 1590, um, Queen Anne was going to go to Scotland to um, marry James. And on her crossing of the channel, a storm hit and almost capsized her boat. One of the boats in her, you know, fleet or whatever got sunk and one of her and her boat almost got capsized. So she they basically, you know, tried to band together on a boat, basically like limped back to Scandinavia, barely made it alive. Yeah. Um, so King James decided that he was actually going to go to Denmark to get her. <laughs> so um, while he's there, you know, just he made the voyage and when his voyage was like, equally horrible and violent. So, I mean, who goes who goes sailing in January? But anyway,
1: it had to be such a terrible way to travel no matter the time of year because but it,
0: like in January and, and then, so he went back actually in April. So, you know, I'm sure it was terrible, but anyway, okay. so at, when he was traveling, same thing, storm, terrible storm hits his, should they barely make it whatever, but he actually does make it. And in April, um, just in the course of regular witch hunting, two witches were captured and they were forced into confessing that they conjured up these storms um, that almost killed Queen Anne and, and basically the royal couple. And they were forced to during the witch hunts, not only was it okay, the acceptable that you confessed, they tried to make you also name your coven, basically, I guess. Yeah. So they torture you until you came up with X amount of names. Names, Yeah. So um, there. So those two and then five others were convicted of basically being in league with the devil and trying to kill the royal couple as they traveled. Um, so, you know, it kind of became personal for him. And, you know, when he returned to Scotland, he brought that concern with him. And we're still in Denmark. Uh, well, he, so they stayed in Denmark for a little while and then eventually they returned to Scotland.
1: It's interesting when you look at the works of Shakespeare in historical context, because, um, Hamlet, Hamlet, Hamlet's in
0: Denmark. He he was Danish. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And there's the the witches, and it's very interesting. Shakespeare really pulled in a lot of um, current event stuff at the time. Very true. Real, real. He,
0: some people think that uh, Shakespeare wrote the King James Version of the Bible. I don't know. I've heard that as a theory. I've never heard it as –
1: Oh, I've never heard
0: they've that. They've proven anything or whatever, but they feel like he – because um, King James, is, the they didn't – he didn't speak Hebrew, so he uh-huh. didn't do any of the actual translating. He right. wrote some of the quatrains and some of the psalms, his poetry. He wrote he worked with the meter to make a rhyme and all that stuff. But some people think that Shakespeare actually
1: either helped him or did some of that. That's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. I still the taming of the shrew still pisses me off. <laughs> all these years later it just pisses me off. Anyway.
0: The shrew. Okay. Um yeah. So anyway, he brought, he came back, He back. went back to Scotland and shortly after your return, so this is in November of 1590, um, there is a bailiff in Trenton, which is just east of Edinburgh, called, his name is David Seaton. Um, David Seaton has witnessed his housemaid, who's Gillis Duncan, um, giving some herbs and some balms to some of the local people in the village. Oh, where she must have had that said.
1: thought because in the, in the show Outlander, mm-hmm. one of the characters is... Gillis and she is an herbology witchy person and she befriends um Claire which is also a play on words Claire clairvoyant Mm -hmm. um yeah so I learned a lot of Scottish history or was intrigued enough to look it up by watching Outlander so good anyway Gillis I I know
0: I really like Outlander actually um but I only watched the first season so I need to watch I need to
1: watch more it's so good (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Capricorn, so I only allow myself to have
1: two streaming services. At a time. Yeah, her name was ga- Gaylon. So... Anyway, yeah, interesting. Okay. But
0: anyway, um, so he witnessed that. And then a few times he woke in the middle of the night to find her sneaking out of the house. And as she had, quote unquote, a gift of healing because he saw her giving the balms and whatever, and she was sneaking around, obviously she must be a witch.
1: Obviously, because what else would you be doing if you're a woman? And you're not doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Obviously, you're a witch.
0: Was under the category of rainbow glasses, I'm sure. But I'm like I was thinking when I read the story, like, how many witches were like lesbians? Because right. it was illegal. I mean, it's you know, being homosexual is illegal in uh England until the sixties, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that was mostly um instituted against males but if you're a female you're not going to be like ah, i'm a girl they're not going to do anything to me
1: yeah <laughs> you know it I mean? was a little easier for women to hide those kinds of relationships than it was right. for men um but yeah i mean the hell like, does this girl in their in her teens what
0: or if i mean but what if she was like sneaking out to meet a girlfriend or how many you know right how many covens
1: are actually because she's a teenager, I presume, right? She's—I'm sure she's young. She
0: was early twenties, yes, early. 20s. Oh,
1: early twenties. Well, even worse. God, where was I doing in my early twenties?
0: Sneaking around and yeah, things, probably
1: totally. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> anyway. Um, so he basically he tortured her with thumb screws, like literally thumb screws. Charming. Um, and even though he broke several of her fingers, she would not confess. And he said, "You know, well, how did you get the gift of healing?" And she kept saying, "It's not magic. It's not magic. It's you know." And so he kept torturing her and eventually he, you know, she wouldn't confess to the thumbscrew, So he went on to wrenching. Wrenching is when you, um,
1: pause. Wrap- content warning for violence, um, <laughs> so, description of warning, torture. Trigger yeah. warning.
0: Yeah. You wrap rope around somebody's head and you pull in opposite directions. One person pulls one way, one person pulls the other way until you, first of all, rope burns. And second of all, right. you crush their skull. And she still wouldn't confess. And, but eventually then he stripped her naked. And this, it, you know, he stripped her naked and looking for, quote unquote, marks of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and he found a mark. I mean, and this could be anything. It could be a mole. It could mole, be a freckle. It could be mark. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything.
1: I, I would have been burned at the stake uh, many, many years ago. A covered on.
0: in. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, she finally, she finally confessed. Mm -hmm. and she named eight others and they named more and at this time in Scotland over a hundred witches were hunted down and tortured and some of those in that same hundred also confessed to being part of the storm that attempted to kill um, the royal couple so and in the story one of the names that um, Gillis named was Agnes Sampson Um, she was elderly she was a widow she was a midwife Um, and because she was older, they, they thought that she was one of the sort of elder members of the coven. Right. And King James wanted to question her personally. And he was a man of reason. I mean, yes, he, you know, I would, is he a feminist hero? No, he isn't. But I feel like he was a man of reason at, at least. So he questioned her and he just like, he's like, I'm not buying it. He's like, I don't believe your confession. I think you're a liar. Um, and you know, I don't think you're a witch. So then she apparently, you know, leaned over and whispered something in his ear, and according to King James, she echoed some pillow talk that passed between he and his bride on his wedding night. So either as a midwife, she guessed <laughs> she mm-hmm. she had some good uh, gossip from somebody else who worked in the palace, or right. who knows what? Um, you know, but you know, a lot of people think that people. Confessed basically just to end. She was gonna, you know, she was staying at the worst place in Scotland, you know, in that prison. She was probably being starved, cleanliness, you know, who knows. Mm -hmm. But you know, she could have confessed to end her torture. Who knows? But it cemented in his mind then that witchcraft was real, um, a credible threat, and he eventually wrote his own book in
1: 1597 called Demonology. Right, and hold on right there. Okay, so. One of the things that we wanted to talk about, is this a good time to talk about the, the grandmother hypothesis?
0: Um, let me go through one more thing. Sure. Okay. And then I feel like it's a better time. Okay. Um, so he wrote the book and then the book was basically, um, a guide to actually what was actual evidence and what was proper trial procedures and things like that.
1: Defining witchcraft. Right. He
0: didn't advocate torturing confessions out of people and whatever
1: he did or did not
0: um, did not at that yeah. time so in 1603 then elizabeth shortly after that elizabeth died and james is now the ruler of england
1: now he's james I. of england
0: james yeah. he's james 6 in, in scotland james 1 in england and
1: he wanted sort of, james stuart in scotland
0: <laughs> yes okay. um and so he you know he brought he sort of brought that fear with him. And so in 1605, this was the first time that he was sort of approached with a witch um, problem, I guess. In 1605, in Exeter College in Oxford, um, a wealthy landowner named Brian Gunter um, had an audience with the king, and he said his daughter Anne was cursed by three witches, and she had fits and threw pulled pins out of her mouth. And um, you know he named three witches basically, and James is sort of like, seemed like a fishy story. So he ordered the Archbishop of Canterbury to examine Anne. And eventually she confessed that she was actually faking mm. and that her, her dad was actually trying to get revenge after, you know, on these people. So this is like one guy they caught right? actually turning somebody in for just personal, whatever. Right. Um, and he got a three year sentence. Um, had he been proven right those ladies would have been, the steak
1: yeah. hanged whatever right? Got three okay yeah.
0: so anyway these things go on for an, you know a little while longer and then in March 21st 1645 they sort of go to another level at this time James's son which is Charles the first Charles in charge, Charles in charge. Uh, he was in charge of England um, and there's he was sort of losing control of the country a civil war was broken out and just things were bad you know money blah, 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 everything was terrible and so people in the times like this are looking for scapegoats. Um, we see a lot of that today. But anyway, um, so in 1645, John Rivett, um, he was um, a tailor and his wife was sick. And she like from the symptoms that were at, she had a fever. She was, you know, weak. She was this, that it sounded like the flu to me, but whatever. He's like, <laughs> she's not
1: that, not that any, you know, terrible illnesses were swirling through Europe at the time. No, I, the most obvious thing is possession.
0: Couldn't be the open sewers or the no. public bathing. Type um, or no, <laughs> or the rats. Right. But uh, so she, so he said, you know, she's bewitched by Elizabeth Clark. Elizabeth Clark is an, a, you know, a lady in the town. She's poor. She's a widow. Um, she's, you know, around eighty, um, and she's said to be ill-tempered and prone to cursing. So basically, me in thirty years, and also me. Um, but she also, but she also only has one leg. So, and she's not well liked in this town. Well, so, um, they're like, she's bewitched by her. So I, you know, he asked the magistrates to, you know, execute her so that to save his wife mm-hmm. and a local lander, they're just like, uh, we really can't just on your say, so we really can't. But he had a man, a local lander named John Stern step forward and said he had eyewitness statements. So these magistrates give Stern Um, An edict basically saying that he's allowed to um, investigate witchcraft short of torture he can investigate he can't torture anybody that's that's the edict. And standing in the back of the courtrooms like this young man and he's like his eyes are lighting up like this is his time to like do what he's always wanted to do. This guy is Matthew Hopkins. He was born in the 1620s. His father was a Puritan preacher. So he's been steeped in all this for his mm-hmm. forever. So he offers to help John Stern. So they go out to poor Elizabeth Clark's farm.
1: This is sure one, one, one legged Elizabeth.
0: One leg, Elizabeth. She, I'm okay. sure she cursed him out and yep. you know whatever. They strip her naked.
1: As as one does,
0: as one, yes, eighty year old lady, one leg, yeah. and right. um, stripper naked, which I'm sure didn't do wonders for her temper, mm-hmm. and you know, so, and then they find a mark, and they're like, you know, have the mark. Behold the- a mark.
1: mark. That was yes. my sound effect.
0: <laughs> thank you. Um, and you know, so the whole thing, you know, the same. They tor- and so they can't torture her, and they're trying to get her to confess. So, they can't torture her. So, what they do is what is not considered torture at that time, they resort to sleep deprivation. Yeah. So, they all take shifts and they'd make her stay up for three days, basically. And she eventually, in that delirium, confesses. And, you know, she names other people. The whole, you know, the same thing, you know, goes on. So, at that time, witch hunts kind of take a, um, they 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 step up a little bit um and this matthew hopkins you know he feels like he's found his calling and because he found this witch and he found this whole coven of other witches i believe 30 witches got uh, hanged in that um, incident he gives himself um kind of a fancy title and that title is the witchfinder general
1: ooh and dun,
0: dun, dun. right and he only had an edict in that town but they actually went you know they start going all around england finding these He's, quote unquote, yeah. witches he and starts
1: pushing the envelope a little bit too in terms of for what qualifies as torture because right. there was and
0: what qualifies as a confession even he yeah and there the was next, the next person after elizabeth and her quote-unquote coven is he finds a um, vicar, who is not well liked in the town. Again, right. people don't like him. They talk about him. They call him names. They whisper about him. Whatever, and they he they think that he's you know in league with the devil. And it's he this couldn't
1: is, just be an asshole. He has to be. Yeah,
0: he's world. not just the church. He's <laughs> definitely you know a warlock or whatever. So um, same kind of thing. They try to they try sleep deba- deprivation. It's not really working because he's a tough old dude. Crusty and old guy, so yeah. they decide that. In in addition to not being able to sleep, he must get up and walk every 10 minutes. They
1: literally called it the walking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they let him sit down. And then as he's falling asleep, they pick him up and they, you know, walk him around the room a few times and send him back down. They do it every 10 minutes. And still, he doesn't confess. So they take him out into this, the moat, this freezing cold moat and throw him down in the moat and. They're not torturing him. They say they're actually testing because water witches are supposed to have some sort of like flotation, um, water power. Um, so they tie it. They tie them all up and they keep dunking him into this water
1: to see if he'll. I, you know, I
0: guess. I guess if you're a witch, you float. But if you drown, well, then you're drowned. right.
1: If you drown, you are right. innocent. So yeah. I had to look up a couple things during research. Okay. One was called a um, a cuckold stool, which is a confusing name, but basically they would have no britches on and they'd be put on like a wooden stool, which is basically like a toilet and paraded around. Like humiliation was a big thing in the Puritan church. And so like humiliation basically absolved you of your sins is what they kind of ran with. So if you were found guilty of something, whether you were, you know, whoring around or mouthed off to your husband or, you know, made an incantation against the king, whatever you would be put on the cuckold stool and driven through the town and people would, you know, jeer and throw things, et cetera, et cetera. Then that turned into what they called, um, a ducking. Well, it was a, it was a cucking stool. And then it was a ducking stool where they would tie it to this teeter totter thing. And they would sit the, the accused on the chair facing them, so facing the land, and dunk them into the, the lake or whatever was nearby. And um, according to what I read, some people thought that the water would calm the witches in some way, but then there was that whole, if she can float, she's a, she's a witch, and if she sinks, she was innocent. Oh, sorry. Um, so, yeah, all kinds of um, new, innovative ways to torture and kill people were coming up around this time.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, you were saying about the grandma hypothesis. So, I felt like Elizabeth um, fit into that. Yeah, Clark fit into that.
1: Well, uh, so and and we're gonna talk about the Salem witch trials and some other stuff next week. We're doing like the old world stuff tonight. But whenever I was learning about the witch trials in school, I was always confused. Like, were they real witches? It wasn't ever very well explained. Just that all this stuff went on, and like I, I always wasn't like, why did they confess? Sometimes without torture. Why would you? Why? I mean, we know why if you're tortured, you would confess, but why would a not tortured woman? What was up with all the girls confessing and pointing it, pointing each other out? And it was this like total contagious mass hysteria thing. Like, is that a thing? What is that? I don't know psychologically. And I'd never really read a good explanation that really clicked in my brain. But researching for the show, we, I found some, uh, some really interesting stuff. So, um, interestingly, most of the women that were accused and hung were older. This is, this is, um, an example from the Salem witch trials, but, um, of 16, Accused women in Salem and nearby villages who were either hanged or died in rat-infested dungeons awaiting execution. At least 13 were past their childbearing years. Um, I don't know what that big noise just was. Some lady named Jackie Rosenheck wrote a book called Mad with Menopause, which I'm going to have to read. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there. Um, And I had never... I'd never heard this theory, but basically in patriarchal societies, which was all of them, um, post-reproductive women had often been scapegoated as either a threat or a burden. So they're a burden economically because they're not really contributing, they're older, um, or it's said they're not contributing, um, or their wisdom and their, their power and influence in the community was too much and they were perceived as a threat. So, um, it's just interesting. There's this whole, there's like all these studies that were done of, um, the witch trials and the ages of the women and a great number of them were older. The reason that, um, they were targeted in addition to whatever I already said, you know, they were an economic drain and all this other stuff. Um, you know, they had the wisdom of years. They really, you know, you get to a certain age and you just don't give any fucks. These women, um, if they didn't have children, it was really, and they, you know, weren't married. Um, it was really hard to like rein them in and assimilate them. They didn't really, they didn't really have anything to lose per se. So they, they could not make these, these older childless women conform. Whereas the, young, the younger women who were um, mothers and wives were, you know, fed a steady diet of biblical church, um, how to be a good wife, how to be a good mother, how to keep your husband happy and all that crap. So they, divide, they, they defined their entire lives by if they were a good wife and mother and woman. So you were either a good wife, mother, woman, or you were an old spinster who was a burden. And, um, a lot of the hysteria, the mass hysteria where they all just seemed to like, it was like the flu was going around, but they just would all go cuckoo and confess, um, especially in Salem, the stories we've heard of Salem, um, they're you know they only had one way by uh, by which to define themselves and that was what they had been told you're either a good girl or you're not and it kind of did some psychological mindfuckery and um you know these women who knew what the outcome would be if they continued on a path of you know being too mouthy or there was um there was sort of a progression. You were either... I forget what the good girl one was called, but there was, you know, the good wife, mother. Then there was the scold, and then there was basically the witch. The scold was like the halfway mark, like you're argumentative, you're mouthing off to your husband, you're bickering with your neighbor too much, and scolds were punished. Um, Taming of the shrew is a scold story. Um, So they really only had these very narrow definitions by which to define themselves. And they knew what the outcome would be if they continued on this path of mouthiness or whatever. (laughs) So, um, in a lot of cases they just caved and, and confessed, um, because it's just kind of like what you did and they didn't, if they weren't being good, then they must be bad. And these women of course were not educated. That was not okay. Most of them couldn't read. So they only knew what they were allowed to know. They only knew what they had been fed by the church and their husbands and the patriarchy all this time. So, um, I think it's interesting that they basically were brainwashed (laughs) into believing that they, they must be witches in some cases. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: I don't know. I, when I was reading through all, you know, the stuff that we looked at and everything, I was sort of reminded. I, have you seen that Kate Blanchett meme that says, "Never pick a fight with a woman over forty because yes. they're full of rage and sick of everyone's shit."
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I, you know, but the grandma hypothesis, you know, says that that's how basically your only contribution is now to. Right, help your grandkids and pass on cooking recipes, cooking secrets and, you know, whatever. And if you can't do that, then you're, like you said, you're just a burden. But I thought it was interesting, you know, the article that said there's only five species Mm -hmm. that live to menopause, basically.
1: Well, and I talk about this in jest all the time. Like, I think it's such bullshit that, well, I mean, women died quite young back in those days. So if they were going through menopause at the age of 40 or 50, they were going to be dead shortly anyway. So we live so much longer than menopause now. And, and yet our body is like, look, bitch, we got no hormones. Nothing is working. It's all dried and crackling and it's painful and nothing's right. We're angry. (laughs) I've always joked that it's such bullshit that, you know, our hormones give up so soon in our lives when we live so much beyond that. But it is interesting that humans are one of the only species, there's only five, like you said, that live beyond the reproductive phase.
0: We're the only ones on land, too. The other right. ones are water. They're whale species. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Which I mean, is
1: very, very interesting, too, because cetaceans are so brilliant. Anyway, yeah.
0: And norwals, also known as see really?
1: <laughs> narwhals are in this group mm-hmm.
0: oh, damn, it's, I think cool. it's, it's orcas pilot whales um narwhals and mm, what's the other
1: one i can't remember okay. i wrote it down um i'll find it anyway okay um anyway speaking of you know older women Historian Stephen Katz said, um, especially those who never had children, were considered, quote, the female group most difficult to assimilate into the male-dominated social matrix. They may appear to exist outside the boundaries of su- society using their knowledge and power to alter or escape the normal laws of the universe. They are unnatural. <laughs> um, and there was um, – is Anne Nutter – is not the one – no, we were talking about one-legged Elizabeth. Ann Nutter was a rich widow – who was 50, she was hanged as a witch um, during the Pendle witch trials in England. And she was possibly targeted for running afoul of the examining magistrate in a boundary dispute. So like if you pissed off anybody who had a penis, you a witch probably are going to be accused of it. So it was just a way of keeping women in line.
0: Right. Well, That's and it. women like, unless you had like zero male relatives, you couldn't own property. Like, you know, if you're, parents died or whatever and you didn't you know you had a right. distant cousin it's no rights you know then your distant cousin who you probably never met before is suddenly right. in charge of your life they're exactly funny the they're in charge of you know speaking what you of conservatories,
1: <laughs> conservatorships yeah basically that's exactly talk about today i know I, there was not much to talk about that's why i skipped over it but all
0: right yeah the uh, um, whales, Luba whales Luba by the way is the other
1: species I I oh, of course Well, and then you were so in India and in some parts of Africa, older women are still sometimes blamed for natural disasters and calamities and then they're killed. And you were saying when you were in India.
0: Uh, Yeah, I worked with an organization who, um, you know, a lot of women that are homeless in India are homeless because they have some sort of mental illness. They have schizophrenia or something. And, um, you know, and a lot of times these, you know, if you have schizophrenia or, or you know, severe um, depression or bipolar or whatever, you can live somewhat normal life if you're on medication. Right. And so, you know, they would educate these women, try to, you know, tell them, you know, you've got to take this medication. Even if you start to feel better, you still have to continue taking the medication. And some of their families were willing to take them back, you know, and they taught them, you know, if, you know, make sure they take the medication, even if they say they don't want to, they're feeling better, they have to take it, whatever. But some people weren't willing to take them back because they were still believing that they were not necessarily witches. They don't. I don't think really, I've never really heard that word in India, but that right. they were possessed by demons or they were, you know, something supernatural was happening with them. Spiritually like afflicted in,
1: in some ways. Yeah. Like it wasn't a long time ago. It was like
0: late 90s, early 2000s. When right. I those organizations.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then I think our conversation kind of goes into the church's role in this. Am I on track here? Yep, yeah. Um, let's see. What article is this from? This is from some very brainy article that I can't tell you which one right now. But it says, <laughs> an early feminist reinterpretation of the witch hunts um, was hypothesis advanced by Barbara... Aaron Rick and Deidre English that the women accused in the trials were predominantly the wise women, healers, and midwives of peasant society, persecuted because they represented a threat to the church's control and competition to the nascent male medical profession of the early modern period. So here we start to get into, you know, the church and its need to control women, especially when it comes to women's sexuality, which was, deemed completely unnatural. Only men are allowed to have a sex drive back in the what century are we in right now? 17th? Yeah. Um let me tell you, maybe proper bitch and tell you where I got that from. Um this is called On the Trail of the Witches, Wise Women, Midwives, and the European Witch Hunts by Rita Joe Horsley and Richard A. Horsley in nineteen eighty seven. Okay. So there you go, my proper citation. Um, and,
0: I mean, a lot of the people, in addition to being midwives, were women who helped other women with quote unquote female problems if they had, right. which you know, I'm I mean, sure were, it wasn't like you could have, have a hysterectomy back then, or you
1: know, right? And you know, who wants to live in a society where there's no might balms like, and tinctures and all kinds of things? Yeah, yeah. and they that and was,
0: and you go to a male doctor and they're like, "Have some cocaine, you'll be fine,"
1: oh, no, or no, no, it's all in your head, sweetie, it's all in your head. Um,
0: You have hysteria.
1: Exactly. Um, Yeah, so let me have to skip through some of this stuff to get to um, kind of the church's role in this. So we talked about King James, and he wrote the book Demonology um, in what year? 14 something?
0: Um, 1697, oh,
1: sixteen ninety seven. I think. I said. Yeah, Nemesius Malphacarum was the one that was earlier.
0: Fourteen ninety seven. Yep.
1: Yeah, and so, the King James Bible is interesting. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that you know the Bible was not written in English, <laughs> that it's been translated and retranslated and re and it's at this point it's like a game of telephone almost because, in order to get a proper translation you have to look at the original languages. And I don't believe all the books of the Bible were written in the same language. Am I right or wrong? I believe you're right. I think some were in Hebrew and somewhere in Arabic. Aramaic. Aramaic. Aramaic, yeah, sorry. Um so anyway, you know, it's been translated, but I mean, I think it's fair to say we've come a long way since the the early translations. And King James um commissioned a translation according to his scholarly knowledge, which even further removes women from the picture. So the thought that women actually played more of a role in the Bible and particularly in the life of Jesus um, is a real interesting rabbit hole to go down if you're ever, you know, bored. Um, Because in the 1500s, we have some – some what's the word I'm looking for famous men John Knox John Calvin the big church men of the era and they were definitely not feminists John Knox taught that women were created to serve and obey John Calvin taught that women are inferior and that it is part of God's eternal law that women are subject to men Um, King James was, quote, determined to trample women into invisibility. He said that to educate a woman was as foolish as trying to tame a fox. He ordered the translation and publication of the King James Bible, which became the foundation of Christian teaching and practice in the whole English-speaking world. And it's still used widely today. Um, But there's some interesting mm, mistakes here. So um, what is this girl's name? Catherine Bushnell, a missionary doctor to China in the late 1800s, discovered that Chinese versions of the Bible had translated two of Paul's female co-workers in Philippians as men. And she wondered if the same thing could be happening in the English translations. So she went to work and this is some of what she found, just little tidbits. In Genesis, the English versions translate God's pronouncement on Eve that her pain in conception will be multiplied and her desire will be for her husband and he will rule over her. Bushnell discovered that neither desire nor conception are actually in this Hebrew passage. Ancient versions of the Old Testament have, quote, thy sighing instead of, Conception. And the word translated as desire in English versions is actually the Hebrew word for turning. She believed Genesis 3 was a warning to Eve that she was turning away from God and to her husband, and it would result in her husband dominating her. She believed also that Genesis 3 should be translated A snare has increased thy sorrow and thy sighing. Thou art turning away to thy husband, and he will rule over thee. So maybe a stretch, but I definitely feel like there's, there's teeth there. And, um, I thought I had another passage, but I don't. So, <clears throat> so then we have the Puritan church in both England and in Salem when we get to that next week. And there, it's just so, what, what do you know about the Puritan church? It, I don't know that much other than it's just so very strict. <laughs>
0: Well, I, and I don't, I mean, I was trying to, you know, in addition to, you know, women, I was trying to think, like, in the Bible, I am no biblical scholar, I got kicked out of catechism, so, but, I, you know, I only could think of one woman in the Bible who could be sort of, you know, defined as, like, you know, kind of badass, and that's Judith, she, you know, was captured, and she drove a tent stake through the guy's head, um, everybody else is sort of, Either a sex worker or a virgin right. you know, or, you know, some, you know, somebody that needs to be protected or lorded over or judged. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I am no biblical scholar. So if you have other, other, I'd love to, you know, learn more about women in the Bible or whatever. Um,
1: well, I've done,
0: I just feel like at, at some point sex got weird. It, it got Super. bad. Well, and I feel yeah. like that screw. in addition to just women being subjugated. I just think it got it screwed up a lot of things like as far as just, you know, that it's just a very natural inclination from all of us. It's part of our evolution. And suddenly it was, you know, one of the worst sins you could create other than killing somebody or stealing something, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. I've, I've always wanted to get a Bible that had the side by side translation from the original language, because you can buy those kinds of Bibles. Never gotten around to it. But um, I, I believe that there are a lot of translation errors in the Bible that um, don't paint a true picture of God's purpose for women. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? We were talking about sex, of course. That's where I got lost, of course. <laughs> oh, a lot of stuff in the Old Testament, which gets thrown around now, like about homosexuality and such. Um, a lot of the, that was the old Jewish law. A lot of that stuff was, was in place to keep people healthy. So yeah, don't eat shellfish because, you know, Bob Smith died last week. And so no, no more shellfish. And, um, you know, we don't really understand what's happening, but our wives are bleeding out of the area that we tend to enjoy. So that must be evil. So send her to a tent and, um, you know, we ate some undercooked cooked pork and got trichinosis. So we're going to check pork off the list. And, um, you know, yeah. and then cleanliness and sex and diseases, um, you know, don't put your dick here, but <laughs> it's just a lot of this stuff is, you know, like health and hygiene. And then it got very twisted, um, and, and turned into a whole kind of other thing, but that's a whole other thing. Like, Bible stuff is a whole other show, but, but the Bible and the church basically is the foundation upon which the patriarchy built its house. And that house still stands today. (laughs) Um, the patriarchy is alive and well, and trying to do things like control our sexuality and our reproductive freedom, even today in the 21st fucking century. And we are talking about, you know, the 15th, 16th, 17th century when this crap is documented. I'm sure it's been going on forever. Um,
0: I I mean, I really think that that is the whole reason that this start, other than just finding women a threat, I feel like a lot of the midwives and, and herbologists that got caught up in this, I think they were really trying to help women with female problems. And so and some women, maybe like they had a terrible pregnancy Right. Or they have too many kids and they don't want to get pregnant again. Exactly. So they,
1: you know, secretly going to these ladies. To well, and, to you anything. know, then the, the village doctor is pissed off because she knows more than him. And that can't be right because she's right. a stupid woman. She can't know more. And also, when you think about it, I mean, this is true of men, too, but when women befriend each other and women are on the same team, we are a powerful force to reckon with. So if you can keep the women turning on each other, keep them scared of men, keep them controlled in all the ways that they would otherwise control everyone. Oh, I don't know, like the Trojan War, like, you know, Helen and, you know, everybody falling in love and then waging a war about it. (laughs) I mean throughout human history women have certain powers and when we get together i feel like it's magnified even more so when women have each other's backs ain't nothing gonna you know what i mean so if you can keep the women in fear and afraid of each other and of the men you got it made you can just and
0: you you also got to put into their heads that their their body is only an instrument it's not right.
1: it's not for their pleasure
0: Right. Yeah. It's, they shouldn't be able to control it or control right. what happens to
1: it. Exactly. And if they have desires, that's unnatural. <laughs> right. And here's a Bible verse that's been mutilated in such a way that it says it's unnatural. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It It's striking to me how much this shit still goes on. You know, the whole foundation of my brand Bitch planning, bitch bitch scopes, all of that is because that word has been used to shut women up, make them feel like shit, and control them basically. Oh, you're such a bitch, you know? Or if you're at work and you point out how things are not really flowing as well as they could, then you're a difficult person or you're a bitch. And like it just goes on and on. This has been going on forever. Um, I'm sure if my former boss could have found a reason to call me a witch. Actually, I think he did have some reasons. There was the the great eclipse in August of, what was it, 2018? And, um, you know, everyone was going outside with their little made homemade viewfinder thingies. And um, I was out there, like, barefoot on this little patch of grass. <laughs> and he, he was, um, there were Bible verses written on the walls of this building, okay? So there I am. I've, I've, I'm already questionable in his eyes, you know, and I've got my crystal necklaces, and I'm standing barefoot on the grass, and he like looks over me, and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> so, maybe he would have, maybe he would have fucked with me more if he didn't think I was a witch. I don't know. Maybe he was scared, as he should be. But anyway, uh, yeah, shit still goes on basically. Like a lot has changed and a lot hasn't changed. If you look at politics in the United States right now and how active the Christian churches in politics not much has changed really.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also um just the scapegoating of you know, I mean scapegoating of everyone, but also just, you know, powerful women are mm-hmm. much more readily ridiculed.
1: Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Second like hate, he- Hillary, hate, Um Hillary. Yeah. Hillary, nasty woman um AOC she gets called names all the time yeah all of them
0: well and they called um uh, what's her name Teresa May the Wicked Witch of Westminster yeah so I mean it's not just in this country it's all over and um, right but you know next week we're going to talk a little bit about how it still goes on but also how the word witch sort of became empowering and when and
1: yeah And how that's, how that's a going. couple of the more famous characters that didn't get hung. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I yeah. want to have you ever been to Salem? I want to go to Salem. It's on the no, bucket. List for sure. I have not. I've never been anywhere. You know me. <laughs> I just I read know. things anyway. Well, that, um, wraps up, um, witchcraft in the old world. Um, and like I said, this is a two-parter. Normally we do um, the bitch-dirty lessons every other week, but we're doing a two-parter because next week is the 28th. It's really close to Halloween, so we're going to talk about the Salem Witch Trials and some other mystical witchy type people here in the United States. And um, yeah, I I like the idea of taking this to a slightly more empowering place next week. <laughs> But, um, but the history is really really interesting and you always bring so much um good historical knowledge to these conversations i appreciate thank it thank you That's why Don't i to take
0: Pants. my history degree
1: <laughs> yeah i know my dad had one too and you know, it's interesting now i'm surrounded by history nerds <laughs> my my husband and everybody anyway i i'm becoming one actually so um. anyway all right bitches witches and weirdos um that's it for tonight's wildest show i'm Kelly McLean, and that over there is smarty pants lisa and we hope you have a great weekend be a good bitch and come back next week and we're going to talk more about witches <laughs> <laughs> thanks Bye. for tuning in thanks guys